Nowadays, we put a lot of AV on the ones and zeros. We have to make sure that it gets there with integrity. They want more features, but they want to see less hardware. We are very much focused on others just as an industry. This is the Pro AV Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on market scale. Sound check complete. Let's go. Welcome to the Pro AV Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Today's episode is titled AV in the House of Worship, and I'll be talking to Duke DeYoung, Vice President of Sales and Integration with CCI Solutions. He has over 20 years of experience tackling the AV needs of churches, and he's going to preview that big WFX conference coming up and talk about the way the LED panels are revolutionizing the way churches approach AV. All of that and so much more coming up on the Pro AV Podcast. All right, today on the Pro AV Podcast, I'm joined by Duke DeYoung. He's the Vice President of Sales and Integration for CCI Solutions. Uh, for over 40 years, these guys have been offering and uh, you know, designing, building, and installing audio, video, and lighting systems uh, to engage congregations. Uh, and today's episode is really all about AV in the house of worship. So I think Duke is a perfect guy to talk to for this because he's been doing it for a, a long time himself. So Duke, thank you so much for joining me today, man. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Yeah, so uh, one of the things that we really want to talk about is just the excitement uh, about this WFX conference and expo uh, that's coming up November 13th through the 15th in Orlando, Florida. I know you're located in the Pacific Northwest, so um, I don't know if you guys ever use sunscreen up there, but you should probably pack some uh, to go to this conference in Orlando. Um, Right, (laughs) right. uh, but it sounds like a pretty exciting event where uh, a lot of different vendors are going to be there, and, and you're going to be there with CCI Solutions as well, uh, you know, with a booth there. Uh, so just tell me a little bit about um, what excites you about conferences like this, and, and, and what can you learn, and what can you gather from going to something like WFX? Man, I'll tell you, uh, I've been in WFX for um, probably 10 years or so now, um, first as a tech director. Um, as as uh, I spent about 10 years on staff at a couple different churches. And so, you know, as a tech director, it was always um, a highlight for me just because I got to, mostly I got to connect with other people who do what I do. And, um, you know, as, uh, as hard as ministry can be often, um, that was, uh, that, that actually kind of recharged my batteries for months, uh, just connecting with others. But um, the reality of it is, uh, it's not really that different um, on this side of the, the coin. For me, um, it's great to get out there and find opportunities for um, connecting with uh, clients, both existing and future. Um, but really, at the end of the day, uh, just getting to hang out with other ministry folks and um, look at solutions. Um, we're kind of a weird AV company. We we we're guys who enjoy gear, but we're a lot more focused on what people are trying to do with it, how they're going to use it, um, the type of things that they're trying to, to do to connect to their audience. And uh, we're, we're a lot more fascinated by how to use solutions to make great things happen. And so WFX is, you know, for us, a couple of days of conversations of how do we help people get where they want to go. 
Yeah, you talk about that, um, just the, the excitement of getting to see how people are using um, AV in ways that, uh, that solve problems for congregations and that sort of thing. What, is, what are some of the innovations uh, that you've heard of or maybe that you're excited to see, you know, specifically at this year's conference? Well, I, our entire world for the last uh, couple of years is more and more LED, um, lighting, video, the whole nine yards. And so, uh, you know, more and more of our, 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 the lighting conversation really started probably eight to 10 years ago and really picked up five, six years ago. Whereas we're getting into full color uh, house lights, you know, full color stage lights. We've got really equivalent um, of any type of fixture you want on a lighting side into LED, whether it's uh, warm white, variable white, full color, whatever. And so the phenomenal thing here is, you know, LED has really been um, be, or become and is now uh, firmly entrenched in, in lighting. Video kind of started off four or five years ago. Um, I know for us, we, we put our first LED wall in probably coming up on five years ago. And um, that has probably been the biggest growth area for us. Um, this year, we're going to put in, I don't know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 or so um, in, in this year. And so the LED has definitely been the conversation. It's definitely been the biggest growth area for, for us in this industry, aside from maybe networked everything, uh, networked audio, network video, network lighting, everything network. Um, LEDs are way more fun than networking, though, so I like that conversation more. Yeah, absolutely. So w one of the things that you, you mentioned there were the LED, LED screens, and I'm wondering, you know, part of what uh, what drives innovation is is the need of congregations, and so some of that is you've got in churches that have multiple campuses, and so they'll have, you know, a teaching pastor at one campus and then broadcast it across four or even five locations. What are some of the other, I guess, ways that churches have been uh, have been growing and then creating new needs and new ways that, uh, new challenges, I suppose, that can be uh, solved through AV? I don't think the challenges are really new, honestly. Um, I think it's the same old challenges that we've had in churches, especially for years and years uh it's just projectors were never great at overcoming them they were we got to sufficient but not great um and those things are really ambient light um lack of lighting control um you know so many of these churches you know especially anything any church that's a little bit more uh liturgical or kind of classically styled you know there's a lot of windows there's a lot of stained glass and there's very little light control and so you know, we've always put these big giant projectors in to overcome that ambient light, but now you end up with this big giant eyesore in the room. You've got this big box producing a fair amount of fan noise and um, it works, but it's never been great um, aesthetically or um, uh, or the results. And so what, what I love about LED walls in particular um, is it gives us the opportunity to one, clean up the room. We can get the big box out of the room uh, we don't need all the fan noise, um, but we can we can either hang or wall mount a fairly low profile screen that always wins. It kind of doesn't matter where the sun is. It doesn't matter. Um, I mean, obviously, if the sun was coming directly in from outside, the sun would probably still win. But the the bleed through windows, um, it's pretty easy to overcome with an LED wall. Um, the nice side of that too is not only does it win on the brightness, but it also wins on image quality. You're getting a true black contrast out of that so instead of you know the best you're ever going to get being uh, black on a white screen which you know is gray at best you actually are starting from black 
And so now all of a sudden, you know, those guys who are, are doing amazing things with video these days, whether it's a testimony or it's a, a filming a mission trip or whatever, when you put that up on screen, it actually looks like what the guys were trying to create in the first place. So it really, I think, is just the next evolution in solving an age-old problem, uh, giving us something that can fight ambient light but still look good. You're mentioning kind of overcoming some of the uh, some of the challenges that certain buildings present, you know, more traditional buildings. But also there's been more of a rise in churches being uh, held, you know, church services being held in gymnasiums or in schools, you know, school auditoriums and that sort of thing. Places that aren't normally built uh, to house worship services. How has uh, audio video kind of uh, audio visual technology kind of risen to meet some of those ch challenges? Well, that's a good question. Um... You know, I think in, in most cases we're getting um, a little bit cleaner, a little bit uh, more efficient in, in the size of our gear. Um, you know, some of the big giant refrigerator speakers we needed, uh, you know, 15, 20 years ago are now able to be replaced with, um, you know, small arrays or, um, you know, even at times just, you know, 20 inch tall boxes where, um, you know, they can be lower profile, but higher power. So we're getting a lot more efficiency in, in kind of what we're using for solutions. But, um, you know, things like LED walls certainly help a lot. I mean, you, you mentioned gyms. Um, I, I like to refer to most of those as multi-useless spaces because they never really work well for <laughs> anything. Um, right. And, and uh, you know, you often end up with like these high bay lights or you end up with, you know, light bleed from everything that's on in the room just because you can't turn them off because then nobody can see anything. But if you leave them on, it ends up bleeding all over the stage. Well, with really good stage lighting and an LED wall, I don't really care anymore. Leave the lights on. Um, I don't care if it bleeds all over the stage. I can overpower it now with a lot of the current technology. So that part's been really, really fantastic. Um, the the move to digital on audio has also been really great kind of in the portable uh, church or the multi-site movement. Uh, you know, being able to roll in a front of house um, with really kind of minimal effort, plug it in Cat5 and recall a, se a setting from last week as a starting point. That, man, that's a lifesaver. I mean, I remember... Um, back before our phones had cameras, I mean, I'd, I'd get out pieces of paper and I'd, you know, jot down knob settings after services if I knew somebody else had to use the board between my rehearsal and that service and, you know, coming back in an hour early to uh, get all of my knobs back to the same ballpark as they were before. And, uh, you know, now we just got to roll that roll front of house out, plug a cat, a, a cat five cable, cat six cable in and recall my setting and we're gold i mean man if that has if that doesn't revolutionize portable church i, I don't know what does yeah i remember the days of uh, masking tape you know just stretched across <laughs> the board and just writing down all right this knob to six this knob to you know right? three o'clock or whatever it is uh you know we've, we've certainly come a long way since those days i'd have to say well it's not like you could just whip out your phone and take a picture either i mean it was uh, right. you know, i had one of the early phones that had a camera on it but Man, those things weren't high enough resolution unless you like started taking a picture of knob by knob. But yeah, it's. Uh, I think I think the portable church, the smaller churches especially. Um, I mean, when we started coming out with really solid digital consoles, 
uh, in the under $5,000 price range. Um, that really st- that really changed the game big time from an audio perspective. You just mentioned kind of price point, and I want to hit on that a little bit because you've got these gigantic churches like Bethel or Hillsong that kind of set a standard as far as um, maybe what people expect production-wise, but not every church has that particular budget. Uh, how has the market evolved, I guess, to accommodate these churches that might not have the budget of a Bethel or a Hillsong or some of the other gigantic churches, but would still like to have sure. uh, a really good quality service. Sure. Well, I can tell you that nobody has the budget they want, um, including the Bethels and the Church on the Moves and all those guys. They they all wish they had more budget. Um, I think the, the key differences, though, is, um, you know, as your congregation grows, as your, as your uh, volunteer teams grow, that's when, that's when the higher budget and the higher quality gear starts to actually become important. Um, the fact of the matter is, is, you know, if your musicians are literally touching their instrument once every three weeks, um, you, you don't really need a high class PA. I mean, it needs to be good enough. It needs to communicate clearly, but you don't need something that's, um, you know, going to be something that a concert touring artist is going to play on because you're not going to really hear or you may hear, and that may be the bad thing. But, um, you know, systems really should scale with the quality of your people and the quality of, of what you're outputting through them. Um, that being said, we are certainly getting a lot better bang for the buck these days. Um, it, it's, um, it's pretty cool when you can get 32-channel consoles, uh, digital consoles that are fully, you know, recallable everything with a digital snake for 5000 bucks. I mean... I still remember buying my Mackie SR, or no, gosh, SR56, 56-channel uh, console back in the day. This was probably late 90s, early 2000s, something like that. And, you know, that was a that was like a seven or $8,000 console at the time. And it took four people to carry it up the stairs. Um, and now I can buy this little 32-channel thing. I can go out, I can do a service, I can take it home, I can mix down tracks on Pro Tools from that weekend, um, I can then play it back for virtual sound check, and I'm doing it for all of, you know, half the price. Um, it, it's a pretty incredible day we're living in, that's for sure. Yeah, it absolutely is, just seeing all of the different innovations and the ways that people are uh, moving this thing forward. And you've worked at, you worked at churches for 10 years, you've been in this uh, business for over two decades now. H- have you seen a change in the way that churches invest in AV, or just is, has it been an increase over time? Uh, wh- how have you seen uh, that market change? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, the mid two thousands. Um, I think we kind of all of a sudden started caring a lot more about the environments we were creating. Um, I know uh, my church was kind of on the more on the front edge of the stage design. Uh, movement and really becoming a lot more intentional about uh, how what the environment looks like and I mean we, we kind of used to have that classically you know hundred years ago plus where we build these amazing cathedrals that had tons of character um, they had no acoustical benefits but tons of character um, but now all of a sudden you know we, we kind of went too far the other way into the black box era and then it was like well this doesn't look very good so now we when we got into stage design and, and designing with color and, and lighting and whatnot so that kind of rolled through led lighting certainly helped to make that explode in the late 2000s um 
And then in the into the early 2000s, it seemed like um, everybody started to want to put on a rock show for their services. Um, I think we're at the tail end of that movement, which I'm I'm thankful for. Um, you know, there are some churches out there where the rock show makes sense, um, but not for most. And what I'm seeing today is the need for technology and the and the desire for it to be highly capable, highly flexible. Uh, very dynamic, um, but also very volunteer friendly. Th those are the types of conversations we're typically having these days. And they want all of the capability to run the rock show, but they're being a lot more strategic with how they use it. Um, and so I think we're getting a lot smarter in what we're buying and how we're buying it uh, and how these systems get put together, um, which I'm pretty excited about. I, I think we're in a pretty good era right now. Uh, in maximizing um, the the efficiency and the benefits of technology without kind of going too far and making it all about the technology. Yeah, I think you're kind of hitting on this a little bit, but I, it seems to me that the, one of the biggest challenges for AV in places of worship is to be uh, present and to be there doing, a, a, you know, performing a certain function and to add to the production without becoming the focus of it. If, if that makes sense, you know, it, it, you want the, the focus to be elsewhere when you're in a place of worship. And so there's a there's a delicate balance to be maintained there. And I think as instruments and as uh, the tools we use become more precise, that balance becomes a little bit easier. Yeah, I, th I, I think that's true. I think a lot of it's, um, you know, even kind of the the up and coming generations, they're asking, um, you know, uh, a lot of a lot of us guys who are who've been in this a while and you know are 40 plus years old uh for a season we were kind of in the you know well what can this do kind of phase of of the world um i think a lot of the younger generations are coming up and going and asking the question why would i do that as opposed to what can this do and um i think in a lot of respects um that's a much smarter question and it's leading us to better experiences um, that's obviously, that's not completely across the board, but I do, I do see that trend of asking a lot more why questions as opposed to what can this do question. Um, and I, I think that's a good trend. So there at CCI Solutions, you, you know, you design, you build, you install audio, video, and lighting systems and, and, and that sort of thing. What's the process for assessing the needs of a specific congregation and how do you go about determining what exactly works best for each individual uh, group that, you, that you're trying to service? Sure. Well, we're, we're a little unique. Um, we're, we're either a sales organization that also has a, DIY or a, a, a full integration division or we're an integration company that has a full sales division as well. So uh, there's not very many of us that actually fully go both routes. But um, the reality is, is our, our sales guys as well as our integration team really start with the same question, and that is, what are you trying to accomplish? And so all of our, all of our uh, processes, all of our questions are, are always centered around what are you trying to accomplish and what does that look like in your context? So our sales team really are the DIY experts. I mean, that's, that's their world. Um, send them some pictures, send them some drawings and um, uh, have a conversation about what it is you're trying to do. And man, those guys come up with solutions that you can self-install, um, and they come up with some really awesome stuff. Um, if it's harder, if it's the church doesn't have a staff that can actually do the implementation, 
or if the staff's just a little stuck. They don't really know exactly what, what it is they want to do or what that looks like. They just know that where they are isn't working. Um, that's usually where our integration team gets a little bit more involved. Uh, our design build process actually starts off with uh, kind of a vision clarifying um, workshop. So we, we do a two-day session that kicks our, our process off. And really, the, the, the goal is to, is to spend the first two hours with senior leadership really defining a vision for ministry and how technology can serve that. And then by the end of that workshop, we're presenting uh, design concepts and budget concepts to ensure that it aligns well uh, with where it is they want to go. And so, um, again, everything for us really starts with what are you trying to accomplish and how does that fit your context? And then from there, we'll find the solution that matches that. As you look forward just to, you know, what's coming next in the industry, uh, what seems to be the next phase, you think, that, that that's coming down the pipeline that you maybe don't think has arrived yet, uh, but might be, you know, in five years, it's what everyone will be talking about. Is there anything that stands out to you as potentially being uh, something like that? Boy, that's a good question. Um you know, I don't think we're, we've arrived um, at the networking side of life yet. I think there's still enough uh, room to grow and to stretch, and there's still enough manufacturers on different pages as far as how we're networking things together that I, I think in five years we're going to um, have a hard time remembering the days we didn't have networking in our projects. I mean, we're already kind of halfway there, but... In five years, I, I think everything is going to be so heavily network-based that um, that'll be the time where, where you know, even just standard uh, copper wiring kind of is the same as we think about analog consoles today. It's like, what? You're still doing analog? That's weird. You know, so I think I think networking still has a lot of room to go, and I think in five years we'll be there. I think, honestly, LED walls, I think we're just scratching the surface on those. Um you know, there's still a lot of people who just think they're either unaffordable or can't get their head wrapped around what life without a projector looks like. Um, I can tell you anytime we have a conversation and we go through a full cost benefit analysis, I mean, when a projector is rated to last five to seven years and an LED wall is rated to last uh, 12 to 15, once you start doing the math, um, yes, there's a, a higher initial cost. Um, but within within that five to seven years when you're replacing your first projector it, it kind of ends up being about a wash at that point and you get a much better product so i think we're gonna i think the led wall thing is really gonna blow up even more than it already has and it's gonna become a standard um for for anybody kind of outside of uh probably i don't know eight feet wide to 12 feet wide there i think there'll still be a little projector niche in the middle but it's it's getting narrower flat screens are getting bigger and led walls are getting more affordable so the uh, space for projection is getting tighter yeah absolutely and anybody that's ever had a bulb go out in a projector at the wrong time you know knows the uh, the headaches that can go along with uh with projectors, and uh, I also want to ask, a lot of what we've talked about has focused specifically on the worship service, but also you're seeing more and more uh, digital signage and screens and uh, sound being brought into the foyer area as well. Just uh, as people go into a church, uh, there's more digital signage, and people are getting more into the AV 
uh, world in that realm as well. I wonder if that's something that you've seen as well and, and how you've seen people innovating in terms of just uh, you know the, the presentation from the moment you step your foot into the door even before you get inside uh, the sanctuary or the, uh, the place of worship. Yeah, I think we're getting better at thinking about those things. Um, I think the, the environment from parking lot to auditorium is beginning to get more consideration than it ever used to. Um, I think it still gets underserved most of the time. I mean, we still probably for every time we have a real conversation about digital signage, uh, we have five about, well, couldn't I just send images via an Apple TV or a fire stick? Well, yes, you could, as long as it works, I guess it works. Great. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I, I, we're getting to, we're definitely talking about it more. Um, we're definitely talking more about audio, um, even out towards the parking lots than we ever have before. Um, I think at some point we're going to get back to even wanting the outsides of our buildings to look pretty decent. I think we're going to start seeing more conversations about, outdoor LED to light up the building. Um, you know, we create these amazing experiences inside and, you know, especially anywhere, you know, the North half of the country, it ends up being dark for, uh, anything you do in the evening. So lighting up the building to kind of, uh, start that experience as you're driving in, I think is going to become more of a conversation as well. Um, but it all comes down to budget. I mean, you know, at, at any given point, you've still got to prioritize and maximize dollars for impact. And um, it just depends on where you're impacting people. If most of your energy is going into the weekend experience and into the service, you know, you're going to end up putting most of your dollars into that auditorium. Uh, if you're doing a lot throughout the week uh, with your kind of uh, intermediate spaces, your your foyers and and um, classrooms and all that kind of stuff, you're obviously gonna put, um, or hopefully anyway, gonna put more of your dollars towards those things um, in order to make sure that that all of those things have the resources they need for connecting people. Awesome, well, hey, I hope you have a great time at that WFX conference and expo. Again, that's November 13th through the 15th in Orlando, Florida. Uh, Duke, where can people find you while you are there, there with uh, CCI Solutions? Uh, what number is your booth? Uh, and what can people expect to see there uh, that, that you guys are gonna have on display? Oh my goodness. Uh, I want to say we're booth 102. Um, I didn't even think to look up the number. I think 102 sounds right though. Um, it'll be hard to miss us. If you go in the doors and go all the way to the left side, uh, we've got a 40 foot wide booth and 28 feet of our backdrop is all absent LED wall. And so, uh, if you, if you just like, you know, look for the big bright lights, you'll, you'll find us. Um, but we've got we've got a lot of cool stuff. Um, every year at WFX, uh, we're we're big fans of uh, our friends at Ultimate Ears, and they they kind of revolutionized the game with uh, digital in ear scanning. So we'll actually have somebody in our booth taking digital scans of ears if you're looking for in ear monitors, custom in ear monitors. So we'll have that going on. Um, Chevet Lighting is going to bring a bunch of lights into our booth, so we're going to have all kinds of cool lighting in there as well. Because, uh, you know, 28 feet of LED wall isn't bright enough, so add some more lighting. Um, we uh, we like to be a, a really cool kind of one-stop shop for all solutions. So we've got uh, Hitachi Video in there with us. Uh, Elite Core is joining us this year with uh, some uh, uh, racks and snakes and kind of all the cool stuff that they do that connects it all. Um, 
DPA is going to be in there with some of their amazing microphones and uh, Solid State Logic is going to have one of their booths in there or, or one of their consoles in there as well. So, I mean, we've got a packed booth. Like I said, you can't miss us. 28 feet of absent LED wall um, all the way on the left side. You can just get in the room and follow the glow. Yeah, I, and I can confirm you are booth 102. I looked it up. Yes. So uh, <laughs> you, you nailed it. <laughs> my my uh, team will be excited that I knew where we were. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, enjoy that conference so much, and uh, remember to pack that sunscreen and enjoy sunny Orlando, Florida. And thank you so much for uh, joining me on the Pro AV Podcast today. Man, thanks for having me. That's going to do it for our episode today. Thanks to Duke DeYoung for joining me. As always, you can head over to marketscale.com for more content like this. You can find podcasts, recent articles on the latest trends in AV as well. So head over to marketscale.com for that. Until next time, I've been your host, Tyler Kern. <laughs>